To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. I am so excited about today's guest, Dr. Jody Thomas, who's going to talk to us about some super simple ways to reduce needle pain and fear in children. This is an episode that parents of children of all ages can definitely benefit from, infants to teens, and actually even adults. 
Dr. Thomas is a licensed clinical psychologist and specialist in pediatric medical illness and trauma. She is a well-known expert in pediatric pain who, te who teaches internationally on the subject. She's the founder and the former clinical director of the Packard Pediatric Pain Rehabilitation Center at Stanford and a current adjunct faculty and former assistant professor at the Stanford University School of Medicine. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. We're here with Dr. Jody Thomas, and we are going to be talking about needle pain and reducing needle pain for children. Great. So, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So I was really excited uh, when I got uh, information about having you on the show because two reasons. One is I had a parent reach out to me about this very question that she was struggling with with her child, but... I also have a child who struggles with needle anxiety and his last appointment, and he's older now, he's just turned 13, but his last appointment, he had to get two shots and he is just deathly afraid. And they said, if you don't, you know, sit still, if you're not able to do this, we're going to have to bring the nurse in. Right. And so give you a hug and he's 12. So he's not, he, he's, um, he gets it. So she comes in and she's, like this big nurse is holding him and he goes, doesn't feel like a hug. It feels like it, holding me down. Yeah, because she was. And yes, so, and your listeners can appreciate the faces I'm making right now, but yes, I wish I could tell you this story was unusual, but I do find it enraging. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So, um, but it was funny because he called her out on it. Where yeah, I like go him by the way. Like, is not going to call somebody out on. They're just going to sit there frozen, like okay, yeah, and scared. And this is where medical trauma comes from, right? So, yeah. can you enlighten us about the state of affairs today mm -hmm. and what's happening in a lot of exam rooms and how this is affecting our kids? Yes, I can. Um, so basically, one of the reasons that, you know, I founded the foundation and are doing the work I'm doing right now is because the practice of pain management and medical anxiety management is about 30 to 40 years behind the research. And the way that sort of medical providers really were trained a long time ago, but unfortunately, a lot of that persists today really shows up in these clinical interactions. Because the, the bizarre truth is that there are there's a ton of research on really good, effective ways to manage these experiences for kids of all ages, and it's simply not done. And what that means is that, as I said in my very first blog post, kids hurt when they don't need to, and that's dumb. Um, but it also, to put it really bluntly, but also what it does is the long-term implications about this. This is about a lot more than a few difficult moments at the doctor's office. That this is why we have 63% of children and 50% of teens and 25% of adults have enough needle fear to change their medical decisions. Wow. And that is a long-term result. And we unfortunately right now are having this play out in the impact on public health when we're like, there are the guests, the research would say at this point in time that we could decrease vaccine hesitancy by as much as 10% by addressing needle anxiety and fear. And so this also is that result of kids who start crying when they come into the pediatrician's office, your son at 12, who I'm sure is an otherwise lovely and functional and awesome kid who has to deal with the feelings and likely some shame and embarrassment over being this freaked out by needles when he 
holds exactly zero responsibility for that. Okay. Like this is, and kids at that age are actually the ones who pay the price because it's the research would also tell us that about 11 or 12 is when sort of providers and even parents get the point where like, you're too old for this, suck it up. You're fine. Right. And the truth is, is this is real, you know, medical trauma and fear. And we, it's not a rational process. If it were, all of us would be very different humans if we were completely, <laughs> completely rational. Right. And so it plays out in a lot of ways for the individual. I mean, we all know those adults that we have that don't do doctors. And they don't do doctors because of preventable stuff that happened when they were four. <laughs> And, you know, my own brother-in-law passed away of stage four cancer because he waited six months to get a blood test because he's terrified of needles. And I wish I could tell you that story is unusual and it's not. That story happens all the time. And that's honestly why, you know, we ended up doing what we're all doing here at the foundation. And particularly right now, and there's obviously a lot of vaccines and needle procedures and all of these things. And knowing that these things do not have to be difficult experiences for kids, we can create a positive, empowering experience. So they have a better relationship with healthcare across the lifespan. Great. So let's get into what we can do. So what are some of the things that parents can do? What can they do before the appointment, during the appointment, to, um, to help kids with this, help support their kids? It's an excellent question. So the number one thing that I say is to have a plan. Now that's true. If you have a baby, that's true. If you have a toddler, that's true. If you have an elementary school or, you know, a 12 year old, because what we all need, these are high emotions. Okay. Remember we all come in with our own fears about this going into the room. So as adults, it's a tall order for us as parents to be like, we want you to be calm, cool, and collected in that room. (laughs) When we say that, I'm very well aware that that's a big ask. We don't say that lightly, but we do know that like the parents' distress is one of the biggest predictors of the child's distress. And that's not weird as a matter of fact, kids like that shouldn't be that way. I'm like, well, you're connected and attached. So that's good. (laughs) We do actually. It was separation anxiety. You know, when kids are dealing with separation anxiety and then the parent is like, oh no, it's okay. I'm, you know, I will, you know, and they feel anxious about leaving the child and the child gets more anxious about being left. So it's the same thing. We just, they, exactly. us, they mirror us. They, you know, we're very connected. We're very attached. And so the emotions are going to um, go between back and forth. Absolutely. And as um, a part of that, sort of the other sort of large mistake that we see people make all the time out of the best of intentions, but doesn't go out well, is we just don't mention anything until we're pulling into the parking lot of the pediatrician's office or whatever. And I know parents want to do this because like, well, we don't want them to stress out about it and we don't want them to be worried. And as I tell them, I said, I want you to picture going into your biggest work meeting you've had, only no one tells you until two minutes before. It's not going to go well. We are setting them up to fail. And they don't mean to, obviously, and that intention's good. But the truth is we can't avoid all the anxiety and emotion. It's about giving everyone a chance to figure out how they're going to manage it and what we can do to make this empowering and a good experience. Because it is anxiety-producing. It's anxiety-producing for us as parents. And that question is, how do we want to manage that and how do we want to plan? So what does that look like? So for, um, for like nursing moms and babies, that can be, I want to make sure that I am breastfeeding during the poke. If they're breastfeeding, we can bottle feed. The other thing, if we don't, is doing skin to skin contact at all possible. 
And also doing things like a glucose pacifier. So literally sugar water on a pacifier, about 30 seconds before and 30 seconds after a poke can undo a lot of the damage that we know sort of um, these procedures can do. Now, again, what they also have to be as a part of the plan is be willing and able to advocate for that baby because there's a lot of myths that come around, right? We have people say all the time, well, they said they needed to hold them down because that's the only safe way to do it. That is not true. And especially older kids, we absolutely know that the research would tell us that holding kids down absolutely causes medical trauma. Okay. We do not, when I train providers, I sometimes have them get on the floor on their backs and recognize what that feels like and their vulnerability and our primal instinct to want to lean over and cover ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like it is the most vulnerable position we can put people in. And so being able to say, no, it's not true. The baby isn't going to choke on the milk if I'm breastfeeding. No, they're not going to bite me. No, they're not going to associate me with pain for the rest of their lives as if we didn't already have a strong parent-child attachment. So all of those things become very persistent as beliefs and it becomes presented as safety issue, which represents just a lack of education and, and protocol and training on their part. We really want to encourage that we're collaborating with our providers because everyone has this same goal, which is, is a good experience for everyone, right? Now, when kids are older, so as part of the components of a plan, and we've built out several tools of the Meg Foundation to facilitate building those plans. So to put that power literally in the hand of the child by, we have a thing called Super Meg, which interacts with kids to help them create a plan to understand how this works and what things they can do to make themselves feel better and more in control. Because as with always, and not shocking to you at all, is that, you know, choice is power. Um, and so whatever choices that we can reasonably and appropriately give a kid, the better we do to have control over that experience, right? How do you want to sit? We know that comfort positioning is a major thing. So including, by the way, at 12 years old, if <laughs> to me, or 45 years old, by the way, Um but being able to, there are ways, kids should never, ever be held down for medical procedures, but there are absolutely ways to be able to hold them and truly hug them <laughs> and um, be able to be contained in a way that keep them safe, that the contact with the parent actually is regulating to their body and changes the way they process pain and anxiety. And that they're safe to do the procedure and actually feeling comforted and in control. So comfort positioning is huge. Distraction or what we call alternative focus is huge. We give them something else to focus on. And this is great. And you know, everyone's holding the phone. This is not the time to restrict the videos or the cool toy or that. And allowing them to do that even going up because that anticipatory anxiety, that buildup of anxiety is what really messes with us, right? <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> it's almost all the time, right? And so it's the time when, yes, you are allowed to be rude and you can sit there and stare at your video and ignore everyone. Like behaviors that, you know, we would normally be like, no, you can't do that. That's rude. That's here. You're like, nope, totally fine. You are allowed to sit here and X out the entire world because yeah. we want you to stay in the space where you're concentrating on things that make you feel good and comforted and in control. And we're going to be over here doing what we need to do to keep you safe. So distraction is very powerful. Things like if you've learned as much as I have so far, wait until you hear what Dr. Jody Thomas has to share with us next. Some super simple science-based tips to actually reduce and sometimes even eliminate the pain 
of the needle poke for our kids of all ages and even adults if you are afraid of needles yourself or know someone who is, right after a word from our sponsors. Now that we're back after the break, Dr. Joni Thomas is going to share more tips with us to actually reduce and even eliminate the pain of the needle poke, potentially saving our kids from a lifetime of medical trauma. Like numbing cream. So really easy to get over the counter. It can also be prescription and it serves also a dual role. So not only does it truly numb the skin, so the sensation of a needle going in is less, and this can be used from six months on and should be, and it's actually the number one recommendation of the World Health Organization and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, so this is something that parents can actually do and get before yes, the appointment. Yes, exactly. So they don't have to expect the office to have it available or to administer. Exactly. So that's a really important thing that just as a brief side note to bring up is that we do as parents need to become in because despite the incredible good intentions of our pediatricians and providers, and you know, I really want to support them and we all do, particularly right now, the truth is, is they are likely not equipped or trained for a lot of these things. And so we have to come in prepared to advocate and prepared to have the tools ready. So we come in, it's one of the reasons why, yeah, we have a plan. So we say, Hey, by the way, he's going to sit on my lap. He's going to be watching a video. We put the numbing cream on this arm and maybe we have like Buzzy Bee, which is this fantastic little vibrating device that uses what we call gate control theory of pain to block a pain signal. And what that does is you put it on the skin in between where the poke is and the brain, because what a lot of people don't understand is that pain actually happens in our brain. To have the sensation of pain, we have to have that signal reach our brain. And when we can block that signal, either like through that topical anesthetic or vibration, which basically uses that innocuous sensation of vibration to create a traffic jam of signals on the neurological system. So that pain signal simply doesn't ever reach the brain. We've created a a little traffic jam. And it also is fantastic because with both of those, you can demonstrate how that works to the child beforehand. Like we have that Buzzy Bee on where we scratch at the skin, we put on Buzzy Bee and we scratch at the skin again. It's very obvious there's a different in sensation. <laughs> and that's Buzzy Bee. This is something parents can get also? Yeah, it is available on, you can Pain Care Labs, I believe is the official name of the company. But if you Google it, it's on Amazon. Um, it's all over the place. It's a brilliant investment. Um, I actually, you know, people laugh at me. I keep one in my car um, because you never know with kids. I have my own kids when we might end up in the ER or whatever, right? Um, I have my pain control kit that I keep in, uh, my comfort kit, as we call it, that we keep in the car. But all those actually are things that we can bring in. And when we put on that numbing cream at home, what is good is we are actually doing something. Action is the enemy of anxiety. And we're like, great, this is what you wanted to do with your choices. And these are things we're going to do to keep you safe and calm and comfortable and to make this no big deal. Right. And to validate, yes, I know we can feel a little bit anxious about that. And that makes sense. But let's remember all the fantastic ways that we have to make this better and that we don't even have to feel this at all. Um, so those are really our big distraction, comfort positioning, blocking the signal um, are really quite incredibly powerful ways to both deal with the psychology of it and the physical sensation aspect of it. 
And this is also where breath and breathing um, in non-COVID times <laughs> when we can not wear a mask in a pediatrician's office. One of the strategies we use for teaching breath, especially with younger kids, is bubbles and pinwheels because you can't do either one of those things without taking a good deep breath. <laughs> and they have sort of a dual purpose of both distraction, alternative focus, and being able to get that breath and the subsequent relaxation. Very cool. Um, so a couple questions about, about Buzzy Bee. Does that work with infants also? Can you like put it on the leg, like just above where they're going to do the shot? Is that... Yes, you can. So that's the really fantastic thing about Buzzy is it's also instantaneous. Like numbing cream, you do have to apply it early. You have to give it about 20 to 30 minutes. So we encourage parents to either apply it at home, apply it in the waiting room, apply it at the beginning of an appointment. And by the end, you're, you know, you're numb. Um, but Buzzy is instantaneous and it has no side effects. The only thing using it with young kids or kids with any sensory issues is just to have them experience this sensation first. <laughs> like okay. that we want to, yeah. and it's <laughs> often fun, right? Where they're like, oh, they held it. It vibrates. That's funny. That's cool. That's interesting. And again, this is where our presenting it as parents. You're like, Ooh, look at this cool thing. And doesn't it feel funny on your arm? And doesn't it feel funny on your belly? And doesn't it feel funny here? And then we can have that place that where the poke is going to be, um, and use any other strategy, but it is, yeah, you can use that on very small infants, but again, you just want to make sure that the vibration sensation isn't either one just overwhelming for them because of whatever sensory issues they might have, or it's just brand new and sort of alarming just because it's brand new, right. That we're giving them a fun way to acclimate to that. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I love this. See, I wish I had had these tips so long ago. <laughs> That's why we're here though. So it's great. I'm going to do it now. Yes. I'm going to start doing it now. By the way, does Buzzy Bee also, interestingly, because as kids get older, one of the things they have is passing out becomes more of an issue. Adults will often pass out with needles and that starts in the teenage years for some people. Um, we're not entirely sure why, but we do know that Buzzy Bee actually, because of the way it stimulates the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system actually prevents fainting. Oh, which is fascinating and kind of a new development in the research in the last year. Prevents that system overload. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about advocating because I think this is a little uncomfortable for a lot of us. We go into the doctor and, you know, the doctor, the nurse, they are an authority figure when we walk in and, you know, and we parents will step up when we need to, but still sometimes that's a little, you know, that's the anxiety. It's a lot, actually. No. Here's yeah. how you're going to do your job today. Yes. Um, so <laughs> no, nobody absolutely. wants to be that person, but can you talk about that a little bit? Share with us about Yes, I would love to, because actually it is, it's, it's a lot of an issue um, and it's really hard. And um, it's the number one thing we heard. And when we did what we call our design thinking research, when we were starting of like what tools we need and why and how, and all of that, um, that came up honestly as the biggest barrier. And that's not surprising. I think to any parent who's walked in. I'm good. I'm glad I asked that question. Then. Yes. It's a truly <laughs> brilliant like, question. Just a limp, or is this like, I assume no, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. I this. no, that's scary. That's hard. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so much so that we built something called the pain champions guide, which takes parents through. It's an interactive guide for parents, teaching them all these various strategies that I just told you. And in there is what we call a speak up script. 
because we knew this is like, how can I ask (laughs) for this? Right. It's like, how do I ask for this and not like, feel like I'm rude or telling someone to do their job? Or what if they get mad and then they won't care for my kid? Um, Because the number one thing we heard from all parents, it was truly heartbreaking. We interviewed families truly all over the world. And I didn't care if it was a high powered professional working mom in San Francisco or a single work, a single mother of three in Winnipeg, the same themes came up, which was, I knew it was happening was wrong. I felt huge guilt, but I had no idea what to ask for. And I was terrified to say anything. And this was true no matter what. And I think every parent is like, yeah, I feel you. And I see where that is. So we wanted to really message out the fact that, look, one of the things we can truly come in and say, look, I know that we all have the same goals here. We want this to be a good experience. I want them to feel good about coming here. And we all want this to be over as fast as possible. (laughs) And honestly, like sitting there and even the steps you described with your son, right? Now we have to stop. Now we're freaking out. Now we have to have someone else come in and take up staff. There's really interesting studies that we talk about when we're training uh, uh, providers that actually using good strategies saves them time, money, (laughs) and efficiency. And it makes their staff happier because there's no person who got into pediatrics who thinks causing kids distress was why they got there. This is the hardest part of their job. It's one of the reasons we want to support them. And so being able to come in and connect to those common goals and being like, look, here's what's works for them. We're going to have them sit on the lap. We're going to, we put on topical anesthetic. It's right here. And this thing is called Buzzy Bee. And sometimes they've heard of it. Sometimes they're not. They're like, yes, it makes it so much better and easier for kids. There's not a pediatrician or pediatric pressure on the practice who's like, no, we like it to be harder and more painful for children, right? Um, (laughs) That it isn't, I'm teaching you how to do your job, which you sort of are, honestly, but you're helping them. It's a collaboration. And that's really what we emphasize is that every bit of care that you do with your provider is a collaboration. You know, when they talk about like even babies with fevers, is, is this how they normally are? Is this a change? you know, because they're depending on your expertise as a parent to tell them what's different or off, right? We can look at one measure, but we really need that mom instinct or dad instinct, that parent instinct to tell us what's going on. And so we come in with that plan also facilitates that instead of just coming in and being like, this is bad and he hates needles. And what are you going to do about it? (laughs) It's different than coming in and saying, Hey, guess what? We have this plan. Also, by the way, at the beginning of the pain champions guide, one of the first options is to put in your provider's email address and we send them an email with a copy of the latest research and a copy of the, because all of the things we're talking about today are in line with the best practice recommendations of the World Health Organization, the American Academy of Pediatrics, literally every major pediatric and pain organ in the world. They just don't happen. And so we want to change that dynamic from why is job harder being a pain in the ass <laughs> and, and coddling their kid to, okay, why aren't we following the best practice recommendations of all these places? Like, ha, huh, maybe we should look at that. So it's even why we also recently released and created a provider kit where it talks to the parent, it has the research, it has what these practices should be, how they can integrate them into their practice to increase efficiency and customer and staff satisfaction. So we really want them to see this as not an extra burden on what they need to do, but truly something that makes the patient experience better, parents happier, and their lives easier. And so when we realize we're doing that, you know, we're not being the high maintenance parent, we'll be like, I want them to come in and have this be easier and better. 
Okay. <laughs> and I want us all to get out of here with smiles on our faces. <laughs> Great. You know, there, we, we truly do have those goals in common. I love it. So um, then can you tell us, tell the parents where to find your resources? Where can they find this champion guide? Where can they find this um, thing to create their own plan for their business to the doctor? Excellent. Yes, I can. So megfoundationforpain.org is our website. We're actually going to be releasing a new website here in the hopefully in the next month or so. Um, but that will hopefully make it even easier. But even right now, and again, it'll be the same website. It'll all go back. So no worries about needing to learn or write down anything new. But we have our resources. Our needle ones currently, given what's going on, are just right there on the front page. Um, This is where parents should start. This is where kids should start. We also have parent tools. We created, although our focus has historically been on kids and families and really wanting to prevent medical trauma and taking this... We also realized that in the middle of the pandemic that we needed to help and support those adults who struggle with needle fear and who didn't want that factor to get in the way of their healthcare decisions. So we created a microsite called hackthevax.org. There's also links to that from our main page. And another interactive tool like SuperMag that interacts with adults to help them create a plan of what they can do to get themselves through needle pokes and procedures. We're also going to be um, releasing, hopefully also in the next month or so, a tool for teens because we got a good loud and clear message from them that Super Meg was too babyish and Hack the Vax is kind of boring, even though the content's good. And uh-huh. we, um, fair, fair assessment if you're, you know, 14 years old. And they're at that age where they're going to start to advocate for themselves and want to start to really create their own plans. Well, and absolutely. And as you know, like when we're holding down that eight-year-old or even... 12 year old, which gets harder as your son was like, this does not feel like a hug. You're like, no, it does not. Um, but you didn't hold down that 16 year old or 17. You don't want to. And what you want them is them feeling empowered and good and confident about their ability to handle this. And I said, look, I want people to make any healthcare decision that they want. I don't want anxiety making that decision for them. And we want to set these kids up, especially in a world now where vaccines and procedures are going to be much more part of our universe. Previous to now, you were kind of done by the time you were done with high school, right? Unless you were going to get the flu shot, which you were kind of, you could get away with not getting a vaccine. And so you didn't have to deal with needles. That's not going to be how it is going forward. So we really want these these situations like your brother-in-law who don't know what's going to happen. And if you're afraid to get in and get checked. Exactly. Yourself in detriment. Exactly. We don't want those implications on them as an individual and health. I want them being able to truly have them making those medical decisions. And we know that for the far too many people right now, and we also know, by the way, that parents, even pre-COVID, one in 12 parents in North America would say they're not going to vaccinate their child because of needle pain and anxiety, not because of an anti-vax stance but because they didn't want to, couldn't, didn't want to deal with the distress it would cause their child to have that poke. And what's heartbreaking to us, I'm like, look, there are ways where it doesn't have to be that distressing thing. So we want you to make those, it's hard enough to make decisions for our kids as parents. And we (laughs) want to eliminate this factor. So it's truly, we get to know it's just what you think is best for your child. Great. Can you give me that website again? Because I'm going to put it up on my Facebook page. And Sure. Absolutely. It's uh, megfoundationforpain.org. 
Great. Okay. So yeah, put up on my Facebook page so people can find it there at the Your Village Facebook page. We also um, encourage us to people. We do a lot on our our social media. We have uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Is we that's where we put out of a lot of our resources. We also do stuff that's relevant like to this issue. So it's a great way to we don't blast people with a lot of stuff, um, but we can give them kind of helpful tips and information that it's a good way to sort of know when new things come up. And we also like to do that we're there when, yeah, if you find yourself in the ER and all of a sudden we have to do this procedure and now what do we do? We've literally designed our things to be like, for the parent who's sitting in the emergency room being like, oh my gosh, how do I not make this be terrible? Please come to the website. And we have stuff that will tell you what can you do right now from where you are and where you're sitting. Great. Well, thank you so much for this information. This is probably some of the most valuable information that, you know, pretty much every parent's going to need to use because, you know, how many times we're going to have to take our kids to the doctor between the time they're born and <laughs> the time they're exactly. into adulthood. More than we can count. Yes. Yeah. So that they can advocate for their own health and take care of their own health as they, you know, grow into adults. So this was really amazing information. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm really grateful to, again, get the word out. That's the goal. Next week, we will get back to answering parenting questions. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, please send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash out from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 